absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan. And today we've got the newest member of the Leave the Pin family. We got Derek Jones. You might not know who that is, but I do know that you know who Golfing with Dad is on Instagram. And that's exactly who Derek Jones is, also of LTP underscore Golfing with Dad fame. Derek, what's the good word? How you doing there, everybody? This is uh, Derek, Golfing with Dad. I'm bringing uh, the West Coast into the Leave the Pin family, and I'm pretty excited to uh, start to share some of the things we have going on out here on the West Side and uh, start to bring everyone into the, the fold with uh, some of our sunshine over here and uh, the West Coast events and all the other things that we have happening to different uh, manufacturers and all that kind of stuff from here. So I'm super excited to, uh, to join the family. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, I can't be more pumped to have uh, a left coast representative because obviously we are very East Coast biased. So it's very cool for 2020 and just you have the last podcast of the year be kind of an East West collaboration. Um, so, dude, let's let's jump right into it. Let's give people a little bit of your background before we get into the tournament of champions at Kapalua. Um, give us an idea of kind of how you got into golf, how you started the golfing with dad Instagram account and where you see that growing and, and where you see yourself and your, your kids golf game growing in 2020. Well, it goes back about five years. Um, didn't pick up a club. I didn't know much about the game and having a five-year-old daughter, she would pass by the golf course here by our house and she'd see the driving range and always ask me, I want to play golf. And as a dad, I'm like, all right, you know, I, I, I'm going to figure this out then if that's what you want to do. And uh, she kept asking, I want to golf, I want to golf. So went through the process of finding her a coach and bouncing around and finally found a really, really good coach. She, you know, stuck with it and couple years into it, I'm taking her to her lessons and taking her to her events. And so then I, I picked up a club. One of her friend's dad said, hey, you, you want to go play? And I, I looked at him kind of cross-eyed and was like, I, I don't know anything about this game. I'm going to, you know, destroy the, the, the course. I'm going to end up like holding you guys back. And he's like, no, no, come on. Don't worry about it. And really, that's all it took was that one one round out and I was hooked. I, you know, jumped in both feet. Um, it's a good, I think it's a good way that, you know, the families get to spend time together and it's just kind of grown from there. My daughter's stuck with it. She's still golfing five years in and she's starting to do tournaments through the PGA junior league, uh, the developmental tour. Um, she does her, junior golf on every friday at our local muni and uh, i go out and support her in every way that i can so basically golfing with dad came from that because you know she's out golfing and dad's golfing with her and now it's turned into where i come home and i say uh you know who wants to go golfing with dad and that's pretty much where instagram came to i was like well that's a perfect name that goes with how i live my life and my golf life 
I just I think that's so awesome because look, everyone's got their way that they got into the game, but the fact that you weren't a golfer beforehand and and kind of your daughter was just like, "Hey, I I want to do that." And then, you know, for you it's grown into this kind of love affair with the game and this obsession that I that I think we all have. Exactly. And um there's a lot of people have told me along the way, you know, it's really even a bigger benefit to your daughter that you don't know anything because then I'm not out here trying to tell her what to do. I'm not out there giving my opinion because at the end of the day, my opinion isn't going to mean much when she's got a good coach who works with her and I let him do his thing. He's the coach. He's the one who has the knowledge and I'm here having fun and making sure that she just enjoys the game. That's really what you know, my goal as the dad is, is, you know, make sure she enjoys the game. And I feel like if I'm out enjoying the game, and she sees me enjoying the game in a positive way, then it's going to be positive for her to learn from that. Not that I can tell her, you need to hold the club this way. You need to, you know, swing like this. I, that's not from, that's not my part of the job. So at the end of the day, I hope that she gets to be 17, 18 years old, and she still enjoys the game. That's the, the, the real goal here. It's, it's funny because I've heard you say that three or four times, enjoy the game. We've talked prior to this. And this podcast in and of itself, and, and I think the whole kind of new age that we're moving towards in golf with the advent of social media and its strong influence on the game, for me, it's really allowed me to enjoy the game more and then also in, in, in completely different ways. I mean, you know, I've, I've never done media for a tournament before. I've always been on the other side of the ropes. And now being inside them, it, it opens my mind and my eyes to, to these other pathways to explore and all the people that I've met and the different companies I've learned about. And just being part of the podcast and meeting so many people through social media and Instagram has allowed me to focus so much less on score and just enjoy the moments within. I mean, every time that I'm doing something with golf, even like this, recording this podcast, I can't help but smile because I love doing it. And it's giving me the chance to get away from, you know, oh, I shot three over today and I'm in a bad mood because I left, you know, four birdies out there. And I used to beat myself up over it, you know, when I was back when I was like a scratch golfer and I, when I was actually good my mood was dictated by how I played. And if I went out and played well, I was in a good mood. And if I didn't, you know, I was pissed for a few hours afterwards. And now, I mean, I can honestly say I could care less. And I'm trying more and more to just, like you said, enjoy the game. So I think that is awesome. I commend you on that. And one thing that I heard, which I love, and I think so many people could take this advice out there, is you said, well, my daughter's 17 or 18, and the next words weren't, I hope she's playing collegiate golf. I hope she's a, you know, a single-digit handicap. It was just, I hope she still enjoys the game. And honestly, for 2020, I hope that people out there get that vibe and kind of buy into that. Just enjoy the time out there with friends and family. Uh, you couldn't have said it better. That's, that's the whole golf Instagram community which I've kind of fallen into with this golfing with dad thing is amazing. And one of the things I was told probably a year, year and a half ago, 
and it really stuck with me because I started out and I'm like, all right, how do you get better in this game? How do you get better? And so there's, you know, everyone will tell you, you need to get a handicap and you need to join the men's league and, you know, these kind of things. And I'm, I did, the, did those things. I joined the men's league. I was, you know, focused on what is my handicap. And, you know, I'd always tell people before, you know, I'm not good at golf. I'm not a good golfer. I, I'm, a, I'm a high handicap. And finally, one person told me one day, he's like, golf doesn't care what you shoot. And it really, that's something that has really stuck with me. And it, it, ever since then, uh, the, the handicap's kind of gone out the window and, you know, keeping score while I, I know if I get a birdie, I know if I get a par, I know, you know, that. But at the end of the day, the only time I keep score is with my daughter. And that's more of just to, you know, keep her moving forward and kind of give us some sort of like competition together and seem all in fun. But any other time, I, I go out and I enjoy the people I'm with. We laugh. Um, I've traveled all over the place due to this Instagram golf community. And every person I've played with now, I don't mention, oh, I'm not that good. We go out and we swing the sticks. And everyone has a good shot. Everyone has a bad shot. And at the end of the day, we laugh and we have a good time. And it's nothing more than that to me. It's just a matter of having a great time and enjoying my day. Let's talk a little bit about those travels because as, you know, as your relationship and and mine has grown a little bit, you know, we've been obviously in in contact, you know, for the last four or five months or so. Um, But you made me extremely jealous at one point. And I think I would I would I would like to hear some of the stories that that came out of the ringer because I know a lot of our listeners are enormous Buck Club fans, enormous Zach Blair fans. We've had Max Arden, Putter Kid, on the podcast. Uh, give us a little rundown, if you don't mind, about those few days in and around Pinehurst. Oh, my gosh. It's words. Words can't really even explain the, the camaraderie that goes on. And there's a, a very healthy competition out there. Those are some guys who are, are really good golfers, and, you know, they – they don't look at me in any way different than the guy next to him that's shooting 74. And we went out and we played for three days. We played one day at Pinehurst, which was an alternate shot. It was a group of six of us that walked the course and uh, we would laugh. We told stories. I met people that I've met on the golf Instagram community and then we go back and we have dinner, we have lunch. Um, I, it's it's a, a, an amazing, amazing event of a bunch of guys who really just love golf. And there's nothing other than that about it. It's uh, nobody's serious. Nobody's uh, getting upset that, you know, you beat them, they beat you. Everyone had amazing time we golfed at night we golfed in the morning we golfed all day long and i mean it's what zach does with that that event with max and the work he puts into it it, it's it's one amazing trip i'll tell you that it's it's pretty cool because see watching it on instagram unfold was something awesome in and of itself right knowing that you were there was very cool. But then I also had the opportunity to get a full fitting from John Pannoni at Spargo Golf. And obviously John was there. You had spoken to him, you had said, and John actually won 
the the ringer tournament. So as I'm getting fit, he's got the bag from it. He's got, you know, um, the oil hardened persimmon wood trophy that he got for winning it. And it's like everything kind of comes full circle. Golf seems like, and I'm sure you can probably attest to this, golf seems like this enormous big world out there when you're first getting into it. But the deeper that you get and the more involved you get, you realize just how small this community that has a love affair for the game is. It's it's so true. We were uh, starting our you know, weekend there at uh, Pinehurst doing the alternate shot, and we're going to play in the afternoon on number four. So in the morning, I'm playing in the cradle with uh, Rep the Step, uh, B-Van, uh, a couple other guys that just dropped in. And as we're walking around, it was every other group out there was carrying an older ringer bag. Um, it's like a badge. So you see it, and you know, oh, he's they're here too. And they start talking to us and we'd literally go, you know, two holes and run into a different group that's on another hole. And we're stopped in the middle talking and it, the camaraderie that the event brings, what Zach's done, it's it's mind-blowing, to be honest with you. I had no idea. And that was one of the things about golf when I first got into it. You you see it as something that's really big and really, you know, these guys are good. They're, they're not going to want to have anything to do with you. And it, it's the total opposite. Everyone out there will give you little tips. They're supportive. They're just like, they laugh when you hit a bad shot. You laugh when they hit a bad shot. Um, they cheer you on when you hit a good shot. Uh, you know, I hit one out of the, the bunker and put it in. And it was just like everyone around was cheering it on. And, you know, I hit a bad shot into the bushes and we all laughed. And we all dug around to find the ball together. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's one big happy family, really. It's, it, it's pretty shocking to, I guess, be in the middle of it versus what you think you know from the outside it, it's yeah it's not anything what it what you would think in the sense of the stuffiness uh nobody looks down on anybody it, it's really an amazing time if i had to put you on the spot and i had to ask you what your defining moment in golf was from 2019 would you be able to do it uh for me personally sure well, it'd be the ringer. There's no doubt okay. about it. The, the, the travel that I, you know, took to that and the people that I met, the connections that I met, the people were, you know, so generous. And I think it really gives me that outlook of wanting to, you know, help other people the same way. To, and I've always treated people that way that I want to be treated, but to actually experience it with another hundred guys that, I didn't know. I had never met before. I went there as a single, jumped on the plane by myself and flew across and had a guy picking me up at the airport. Uh, he hosted me, put me up at his house, him and his wife. Um, we went out to dinner and, you know, really made some some lifelong connections out of it. And uh, that, I mean, that's got to be the, the defining moment of 2019. And not that I want to, you know, minimize some of the other people that I've met and trips that I've taken because I've met a lot of good people and I have some really good friends now just due to this Instagram golf community. So it's, it, it's something that uh, as an older person, I'm, you know, 45, not to give my age away, but 
I didn't see Instagram as something for me. I see it as something for the 20 somethings and it's not that way. I, the amount of people that I've met from playing down the street at goat Hill to playing to Paso Tiempo. Um, it's, it's really amazing. I, I love how you categorize yourself as an older person at 45. Uh, that, you know, as being <laughs> Scott and I are both 41. So, so for that, I'm like, oh gosh, I guess I'm a person. <laughs> well, well, I'm not as young as I used to be. So, no, I, I understand. I understand. You know, it's crazy to hear these experiences. And, you know, we, I, I think everyone that, probably listen to this podcast, you know, like I say all the time, we're, we're, we're probably more of the golf nerds, if you will, you know, the ones that have a really passionate love affair with the game, but like what other sport are you going to meet somebody on a picture sharing social media platform and then spend three or four days with them or spend time at their house or just, you know, connect with them instantaneously. And then all of a sudden it's like, this game is something that is so easy to bond over, and I think it attracts, especially within the Instagram community and the online community, so many like-minded people. So it's like, I know that you probably are very similar to how I am because you are so involved with this game, and, and it's the one sport where I feel like it literally can just bring people together, and it's almost like being a kid again. You know how kids can just make friends like you know if you're at a public pool kids are playing they're like oh you want to play oh yeah come on come play and then you've got like 30 kids playing like this is that sport that breaks down social constructs breaks down barriers and, and allows us to kind of be kids again in that childlike wonder being out on a on a beautiful golf course you couldn't have said it better i mean we when i've gone out i don't ask people what they do for work. I don't ask people, you know, any other affiliations they have. We literally play golf and laugh and just talk about general life. And it's, yeah, it's an amazing day. Of, like you said, like a kid, it's, you're just running around on a beautiful course, having fun. And yeah, I, I, I to me, like I've said multiple times already, it's about laughing. It's about really getting out and enjoying yourself. And what better way to enjoy yourself than to laugh at each other? If you can't laugh at your friends, if your friends can't laugh at you, then well, you're not going to have fun. So that's the, the mentality that I keep and I try to, to bring to others. Yeah, no, that's, that's the absolute truth. Um, listen, we're not much of a gear podcast. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I'm the biggest gear junkie, but after being at Spargo and, and kind of looking over my specs and stuff, you know, it, it got me a deeper appreciation of it. Um, what do you have in your bag for 2020? And is anything going to change in the new year? Uh, so far, I'm, where I'm at right now, I have a Callaway XR16 driver and a Callaway XR16 forward. Um, I run with a set of Ben Hogan edge irons. They're fully forged, direct from the manufacturer. Killer deal on those, let me tell you. Um, they've lasted really well. They got recoil shafts in them. 
uh, wedges, I have a 50, 56, and a 60. Those are Ben Hogan equalizer wedges. And putters-wise, I kind of fluctuate and have a couple of putters that I use. Uh, one would be a Tyson Lamb Carbondale. Uh, the other would be a Cody James Patriot. Um, and occasionally I have a strokes gain that'll make its way in there as well, the RM4. So usually one of those three putters will make her way into the bag, depending on how I feel that day. Very cool. And uh, what about home course? Where are you playing most out of? Uh, if I play by myself, I play out of Old Ranch Country Club. Um, if I'm playing with my daughter, a little smaller course, we move around here. We'll head to Hartwell, which is a local muni in Long Beach, or to an old Navy course, which is still called the Navy course, but it's now open to the public. They have a nine-hole executive course that you can do uh, two loops for your green fees. It's pretty reasonable and gives my... Uh, little one a chance to pull out some bigger clubs and work on the driver and those kind of things and it's a pretty good challenge actually it's not not too weak of a course they keep it in really good condition and uh those are usually the the three that we circle around and then there's always something that i'll travel to within the area but here our travel is uh a lot more traffic included in that. So it's usually afternoons wise. Uh, those courses are all within five minute drive from our house. So very cool. Yeah. It's nice to have a little nine holer nearby. You know, I think those are so overlooked. Those are the, honestly, I've probably had some of the most favorite rounds of my life on short courses. Yeah, it's nice. It has a couple of par fours and the rest are par threes. So it does give you a, a little bit of, of length from, you know, here and there on each, you know, a couple of different holes. And then it's also got the, the nice chip and chip and putt basically. So yeah, it's uh they keep their greens in really good shape actually. And they roll nice and yeah, we go out and me and my daughter are always challenging each other. She's trying to always get something out of me. And, uh, you know, if that's what it takes to keep her moving forward, then, you know, we, we go at it. Love it. Love it. Um, so listen, people, if you're not already following, you know, I don't know why you're not, but golfing with dad and then LTP underscore golfing with dad as part of the leave the pin podcast family, follow him. And, you know, what I love too, is that it's just, for me, it's a different view on golf. You know, I mean, I get I get so much of the the East Coast um, golf. I get almost too much of it. You know, I I, I want to see what else is going on in the rest of the world. And then, uh, you know, from from here on out, you're going to be hearing from Derek a lot more on the podcast and and on Instagram, and contributing in a lot of different ways. So, for all of our East Coast listeners, because you know, honestly, we are East Coast biased, and that's just because of uh, what we know and where we're located. Derek gives us a, a different view on things and a different spin, which I personally am very much looking forward to. Um, you want to get into tournament champions? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So, people, as you know, this is the first tournament of the new year. Okay, we had two weeks off on the PGA Tour. Uh, Century is the providing sponsor for the tournament of cha champions. Used to be Hyundai, used to be a bunch of other people, at different courses. Um, but it's been to Kapalua since, uh, what was that? In 99, I believe, it moved to Kapalua, the plantation course there. So uh, 
Decent size prize money, $6.75 million purse. Not overtly large, but you got to understand there's only 34 guys playing in it. So it's not like we're sharing it between 70-something people. Um, Derek, historically, what is this tournament to you? What are your feelings on this um, being kind of the first tournament of the year? Like it? Hate it? Irrelevant to you? I like it. You get to see the sun. You get to see, you know, the nice winds. And you get a, you know, it's a small field. So, you know, not everyone's invited. And, you know, it's, yeah, the, the winners from last year. So I, I do like the way the season used to start with this event. And I think it's still, like you said, most people consider this the start of the season. Yeah, I know it's definitely a start of my season. Um, you know, for, for me, it's a nice way to kind of ease in to the PGA Tour season. You know, we had those two weeks off um, after the President's Cup. The President's Cup was phenomenal. And then everyone's kind of riding this high of the American comeback victory. And then we kind of lull out for the holidays, which is great because, you know, every once in a while it's nice to take a break from the the content gods of golf. But this is like a nice dip your toes in the water tournament to kind of get ready. And what I'm most excited to see is I know they added about three or four new tee boxes. And then the day after the tournament finished last year, so it was January 5th last year, uh, they completely blew up the greens, stripped them, regrassed them, redid them, added some um, size to them. So there's a lot more different pin placements. A lot of the caddies are posting um, on social media where the new pins are going to be for this week. So I'm kind of excited to see how the course plays um, and compare that to how it played last year. I'm kind of wondering, are we still going to get guys finishing at at 20 under? Because the last three years we've had uh, you know, 22 under has been the highest that someone's finished. We had 22 under when uh, JT won DJ was at 24 under, and then last year, Xander was 23 under. So guys are definitely going low. It's one of those things where you can't really look at the yardage. The yardage is very misleading with the elevation changes. But I'm, I'm wondering with some new tee boxes and maybe some different pin placements and some different greens, may we only get someone winning at 14, 15 under. I don't know. I I think it's highly possible. Also, they uh, I, I understand they redid a lot of the fairways as well. The, I saw a quote from uh, Keith Reb about how the thatch was getting really thick and preventing a lot of rollout. And uh, I think that could be interesting too, as he said that you may see a lot of these these drives just continue to roll into some bad spots. Yeah, I would. I, I really wouldn't mind. It, you know, don't get me wrong. It really is kind of like a hit and giggle. It's the rich get richer type thing. Um, and that's cool. I'm all for it because, you know, the identity of the tournament is it's probably, quote unquote, the most elite field in golf because you have had to have won a tournament in order to get entry to it. Um, but I would love for like one or two days, maybe maybe Saturday or Sunday. You know, on the weekends, guys just have to grind because the wind's blowing and maybe those Kona winds switch direction and maybe they get a little rain or something, you know, just to kind of put a little bit of wrench in the plans. A little rain would be nice. Slow it down and see what they can do with it. There's uh, I can't recall the whole, but I was reading online that with the advent of one of the new tee boxes, guys were going driver wedge 
to this one hole. I think it's either five or six. I'm not sure. <clears throat> Excuse me. But with the advent of the new tee box uh, and the way they changed the green up, they made the green a little bit longer, guys were hitting driver six iron into that same hole this year. I mean, that's an enormous difference for these guys. That's a, yeah, that, wow. I had not seen that. So that would be a big change. And that's what I'd like. Yeah, the driver to wedge gets a little old to me. Yeah, especially with how good these guys are with their short games. You know, it, it, it turns into, again, a bomb and gouge type thing, which, look, every once in a while, I'm cool with. You know, I'm cool with a few courses giving the longer hitters an advantage. Um, however, when it becomes 40 weeks a year, that gets a little tiring. It, it does grow old. I agree with you. Yeah, we'll have to see see what happens here. I, I'm excited to to get into this here on Thursday and let them start swinging away and see this new course, see what you know, Corn Crenshaw did to it. Um, I know they were on a timeline and they got it done, so it's it's ready to go. Yeah, I mean those guys really. Anything they touch kind of turns to gold. So I, I cannot anticipate anybody not liking the changes. They, they may moan and complain a little bit about the length changes, but, you know, tour pros basically have every single thing handed to them. And, you know, when you change a little bit, uh, you know, you put a centerline bunker in or you adjust the distance or you change a dog leg, guys complain because they want what they know. And, and they want to be comfortable. And a lot of these guys are perpetual winners, and they're back every single year, and they don't want to change yardage books. They don't want to change green reading books. They want to do it the same way that they've always done it. Uh, one of the things that I love every year is you watch the caddies on Instagram or Twitter or wh- however you, you follow people on social media and, and the distances that they walk on this course are just astronomical you know a normal course they'll walk six to seven maybe eight miles a day but you go to a course like this and guys are hoofing ten and a half miles up and down hills up and down mountains um some of the green to tee box walks here are just astronomical the elevation change that's yeah uh, yeah that's what gets them so it's a par 73, which, uh, you know, it, it's cool. I, I like it. It's different. And, you know, people always think that this course has always hosted the Tournament of Champions, but it actually started at the Desert Inn Country Club in Vegas. And that was in, in 1966. And then it was in the Stardust Country Club in Vegas in 67 and 68. Uh, for the following 30 years after that, from 68 to 98, it was at La Costa Resort and Spa in, in Carlsbad. Um, you know, those are all cool. But to me, this tournament was made when it moved to Hawaii because Kapalua is so different from anything that most of us will ever see or ever play. And the fact that you can get on the course and that it's a, you know, a, a course that's open to the public I think makes it an even better first tournament of the year. I couldn't agree more. You can head out to Hawaii, take your vacation with your family, and you know you and I can go play this course. So not only do you see it, it gets you hyped up for golf, and then it also makes you think, well, let's let's take a trip and go play this too. So I, I have to agree with you on that. So I want to get your opinion. We got forty-one guys that won last year. So 41 
uh, individual winners. Obviously, some guys won more than once, and that's how we get the 41 number. But there's only 34 guys teeing it up this week. Everybody's going to talk about no Tiger. I mean, that's an obvious. He hasn't played since like 98 or so. Uh, No Justin Rose, no Phil, no Brooks, no Molinari, no Rory, and no Shane Lowry. Now, those are some big names. Does that taint this tournament to you at all, the fact that some of these guys just kind of blow it off and are like, you know what, I'm not starting my year at the first tournament of the year? Disappointing, to be honest with you. You know, that's uh, who who doesn't want to go spend January in Hawaii? And what other reason? I can see Tiger not playing. Like you said, he hasn't played it in in 20 years. Yeah. But the other guys, like, why not? I'd much rather see Brooks out there. I'd rather see Rory out there than not be there. Um, At the same time, it's going to be a great, great tournament. But that does does put a little makes it opens the door for some other guys. But I I would prefer to see them out there, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I know if it was me personally, and I get it. These guys are independent contractors. They can do what they want. Golf is the one great democratic sport where you get paid as much as you're actually worth. Because you don't get paid just to show up unless you're going, you know, to the Middle East or the European tour. But on the PGA tour, you get paid based on how you play, unlike every other professional sport. So guys can do what they want. But if you won, I mean, I, th- I think it's it's just like a badge of honor. Like, I'm going back. I'm going to Kapalua. My year starts there. I mean, I'd be all for spending New Year's uh, in Hawaii. I mean, that I, I don't know anything that sounds better than that. <laughs> exactly. You that's know? that's why I, I can't understand why they wouldn't be there. But you know, like you said, they have their own reasons. Nobody's twisting their arm and making them go. They get to make the decision themselves. And, hey, there may be family reasons. There may be, you know, personal reasons of some sort. But I, I couldn't I couldn't see. If I was invited, I wouldn't miss it. Yeah, not, not for the world. Uh, you know, the one thing with golf, unlike other sports, is the season is so long. You know, um, as long as a baseball season is 162 games, eight months, there's still an enormous offseason and golf really doesn't have one i'm looking at these list of winners and the guys that are playing this week and i'm going like what tournament did this guy ever win last year um i'm looking at jb holmes i cannot remember jb holmes winning a tournament last year i looked at the list too and thought the same thing exact person that popped out i was like when did jb holmes win and martin trainer what did he win uh, okay, I I yeah. only I only remember Martin Trainer because they made a big deal um, about him and his wife playing on the professional tours, you know, and that's the only reason I remember that. But yeah, there's some guys uh, that just kind of blow my mind, and I'd like to think that I'm still sharp at this age, but like I cannot for the life of me remember Nate Lashley winning a tournament. <laughs> Yeah, that it's hey, take your trip and head to Maui and enjoy the sun. Yeah, and you know, and a, lot of, a lot of these guys, a lot of these guys too. I think the ones that were that were not keen in on are guys that won like these opposite field events, you know, opposite a WGC event or or something along those lines. 
But uh, I mean, I mean, honestly, look, I don't think I could pick Nate Lashley out of a lineup. He could be sitting next to me right now on the pod. I wouldn't know who he is. No offense to Nate Lashley, but you know, it's just he's not a household name yet. That's exactly. I think, like you said, there those events that are taking place on the you know same weekend, and we're not watching that event. We're watching the WGC. We're we're either over here or not over there. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's. Uh, why don't we get into a winning pick, and then who we think is going to finish thirty fourth uh, in the field DFL. What we're going to do is, and I'm we're going to try so hard this year. I guess it's my resolution, which I shouldn't say because those never stick. But it's my goal. My goal is for the beginning of each tournament to be coherent and cognizant enough to make picks and then post those picks on Instagram. And, and have you people out there vote on if you think our picks are good or not, right? So we'll put those on an Instagram question. We're going to start off right here. Derek and I are going to start it off for the year with a tournament of champions. So at least we'll be one for one. You know, if, if we forget after this week, well, at least we got the first one done. Um, let's, let's go with who we think is going to finish DFL. Because I think that's going to be the, the most fun to do you want to go first or you want me to go first sure i'll take this one okay um, okay i'm gonna go with martin trainer who i just okay. mentioned earlier you know <laughs> that's why it was fresh in my head I, I guess i'm gonna have to go with him do you have uh any reasoning behind that or just the fact that you didn't even remember martin trainer won a tournament that's exactly it <laughs> i didn't even have a clue that he won a tournament so I'm um, just no offense to him. He's obviously did win something. He's there. But um, looking at the other names, I'd have to say that he's the one who popped out as being, you know, unaware of. So that's why I'll take him. Okay. I hope, I truly hope he listens. And during his winning speech this year, <laughs> he says, hey, Derek, <laughs> this one's for you. Hey, I hope he does too. If he can, if he can go out there and win it, Please do. Mention golfing with dad. For sure. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go uh, kind of within the same vein, and I'm going to go Jim Herman for DFL. And why do you go with Jim? That is a great question, Derek. I will tell you. See if you can pick up on the pattern that I'm going to give you here. Now, uh, Jim Herman won the Barbasol Championship, so that's an opposite field event opposite the WGC, okay? Um, after that, so a pretty decent check, very small for PGA Tour standards, 630000 uh, but a PGA Tour win nevertheless. Here are all of his events leading up to the Barbasol, okay? Uh, the Safeway Open, miscut. Sanderson, miscut. Mayakoba, miscut. The RSM Classic, uh, miscut the desert classic miscut farmers insurance miscut waste management miscut honda classic miscut valspar miscut he finished 61st at the corrales punta cana resort and club championship uh that's pretty good he made a paycheck and then he went right back into his streak of valero texas open miscut rbc heritage miscut wells fargo miscut byron nelson missed cut rbc canadian open missed cut rocket mortgage missed cut john deere missed cut then he wins the barbasol 
yeah, he's got a streak going. That makes zero sense. Uh, but thankfully, he went right back into the pattern. Military green, uh, military tribute at the Greenbrier, miscut. Back to the Sandersons again, miscut. And the Shriners in Vegas, miscut. Well, maybe he's down for making that win again. He's missed he, a few cuts. Now it's time to make the win. So you might be on a, might be a, a, a not the best choice there. So he, he, <laughs> he won 630K from his win, right? Like I stated previously. And then for every other tournament after that, 22 tournaments after, he won $59,000. Wow. So I'm going to say that Jim Herman stays on course. And even though this is not a, a no-cut event, this man is going to somehow find a way to miss the cut. <laughs> Disqualified? Yes, yes. Under some, you know, uh, quote-unquote new rule of golf, he takes an improper drop, um, I don't know, flips off the the uh, the gallery, um, I don't know, twists his ankle on, 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 uh, on lava, you know, something like that. You know, on like the hardened lava or something like that. It's real sharp and jagged. Uh, maybe he's the guy this year who's taking a surfing lesson you know, and steps on the coral or, or steps on some of that hardened lava and then can't walk the rest of the week and has to, just, you know, has to withdraw. One of the skags gets him in the foot. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm going with. Uh, not a bad choice there <laughs> based on his track record. Yeah, I, his track record backs up my pick. So we've got Martin Trainer and Jim Herman for DFL. All right, give me your winner of the Century Tournament of Champions. Well, I'm going to have to stay with the West Coast, and I'm going to go with Patrick Cantlay. Oh, hey, that's, that's a very good pick. He's from Long Beach, and you know what? I'm going to pick the guy that's representing the West Coast. So Maybe, uh, maybe a little bit shorter travel time, right? Out to Hawaii. Doesn't have to fly as far, maybe not as jet lagged. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the guy. So he's local here. Um, you know, I have to see his family around at the the tracks here. His brother was out the other day for Long Beach Open. He had a really good showing. So based on family and where he's from. I'm going with Patrick. Okay. Hey, that's uh hey, sometimes you gotta pick with your heart. That's it. So I'm gonna go with uh, the man who's ranked third in the official world golf rankings, John Rahm. That's a great choice. He's been he's been playing some good golf lately. Yeah, and that's and that's why. I'm not going based on the fact that he's up to number three, but I'm going based on past record in the last few months so 2019 alone john rom was sixth on the pga tour in strokes gained total he gained over a stroke and a half every round on the field well that that's that's one way to to win you can keep that up and head out there and 
Yeah, that's a great choice. Yeah, and uh, he's got two wins. He's got a pair of runner-up finishes in his last five starts. Um, he was runner-up in 2018 here, which was the first time he was ever eligible. Uh, finished T8 last year. And uh, here are his last few events. Okay, and we'll go just from the... Uh, well, I don't know. Let's let's not even go that far back. Let's go. Uh, where are we here? All right. Let's let's go from uh, let's go from the Masters. All right. I'm not even going to read them all off like Jim Herman. Okay. But here are the tournaments in which he had a top ten. Okay. And this is what's kind of so impressive. Right. He is a top ten at the Masters. He wins Zurich, which is, you know, kind of like a win. It's like half a win because you have a partner. But he's got a top five at the U.S. Open, a top 10 at the uh, WGC FedEx, top five at the Northern Trust, top five at BMW, finishes 12th at the Tour Championship, okay, which is, you know, solid, and uh, just finishes second at the Hero World Challenge. So the man is on a roll, and honestly— He's one of those guys that doesn't play in the U.S. He's not a full-time PGA Tour guy. And if you're not keeping track of the European Tour, which he just won the the uh, European Tour race to Dubai and the merit order over there, you might not kind of be aware of the amazing golf that he's playing. Uh, right now, aside from... Uh, I guess maybe aside from Brendan Todd... He's probably the hottest guy in golf. And Brendan, you know, it's been a month since Brendan Todd won last, even though he won back-to-back. So uh, he may have cooled off a bit. But that's why I'm going with John Rahm. And when John Rahm wins, I just want him to calm down a little bit, not go so crazy, uh, and just give us a little bit of thanks. That's all I need. That's... Leave the pin, picking it right. That's what he needs to say. And shout out to to Dan. And you know, you've got a really good pick there. He's moving up, and he's definitely it's in the tropics. It's warm. It's it's his place. Yeah, he's you know he's from Spain. Yeah. Uh, he's from from the coast down there, I believe. So so maybe he feels at home. Maybe Brendan Todd too, though. You mentioned him. His wins have all been in the tropical areas too. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I I wouldn't doubt. I I could see him playing well. Um, you know, it, it's funny because I feel like the guys, even though we've had some big time, like the last three winners have been Justin Thomas, DJ, and Xander, right? Those are big names. But when you look at the rest of the fields that round out like the top ten, a lot of it are these. Uh, God, I hate to say lower tier guys in the PGA Tour kind of hierarchy, but they they really are. You know, guys like Tyler Duncan, Dylan Fratelli. Uh, you know, Lanto Griffin, who are just kind of making their names for themselves. You know, they're not the DJs, the Coochers, the Graham McDowells of the golf world. Um, but I feel like those guys play so much better at this tournament because those are the guys that are, are grinding. You know, they know that if they get up to a good start here, they kind of have their year made. Where the big guys like a Gary Woodland or, you know, a, a DJ or, or someone like that, Paul Casey... I feel like maybe at times they might just be like, hey, you know what? I'm here to take my family to Hawaii. I'll play however I play. I'm not really going to grind too much. And I'm just going to kind of see what happens. 
Exactly. It's, uh, you, you've got, a, again, a great point on that because, yeah, you, how much do they need it versus who does need it? And what, what do you, when you come out and you spend the weekend playing in the water, playing with your kids and enjoying dinners and luau's and snorkeling, then you just come out and swing the sticks a little bit and just go about the day and kind of go through the motions versus some of these other guys who they want to be seen and they need to get their name out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, let me ask you this. If you had to pick one of those guys to get uh, bit by a shark, who would it be? Well, I think I would say Dylan. He, he's big into surfing now, so he'd probably be the one that get bit by the shark. Yeah, but, but do you want him to get bit or you just think he'll get bit? No, I don't want. I don't want anyone oh. to get bit. So what about I Max Kucher? I would think he. Well, yeah, you know, it, that's between <laughs> him and his caddy. He might push him off the board. So I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering. I, being... I, I, I. No, I just. I was going to say. I wonder who who the worst swimmer out of all of them would be. I'd have to say probably John Rahm might be the worst swimmer just from the looks of him. Yeah, I was thinking. Guy. Yeah, I was thinking him or like a Paul Casey. Yeah, Paul Casey's a good one too. Yeah, he doesn't, like guys, a, so yeah he doesn't look like. Yeah, he doesn't look like a swimmer to me. Yeah, and I don't mean like big guy like John Daly big. I just mean yeah. you know he's 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 a bigger guy. So I could see him not being as you know streamlined of a swimmer. He get maybe Xander would jump in there and you know he'd probably you know swim like like a fish, no problem. Yeah, and he's a San Diego guy too, uh, Shafle. Yeah, I can see so John I'm sure Daly he spends time in the water. Yeah, oh, definitely. I can see John Daly being a good swimmer because he'd float real easily. He wouldn't have to put much <laughs> effort into it. So, <laughs> you know, look looking at the list of guys playing, there's not too many like big floaters. You know, no. most of them are kind of long, lean dudes. Um, I, I wish I part, part of me wishes this tournament was only like two days and then the other like two or three days they did. Do you remember the old like ABC wide world of sports where they took like, um, you know, celebrities and they put them through different, you know, obstacle courses and they had like pick up basketball games and stuff. I'd like to see that for a day or two, uh, in the Hawaiian tropics, maybe a swimming event, maybe a surfing event, but don't give the guys like any practice whatsoever. Like you don't even tell them what events they're going to be. It's like you wake up and like, oh, hey, guys, we got a surfing competition today. Uh, I've never been on a surfboard in my life. doesn't matter. <laughs> That's how it's going to roll. <laughs> exactly. Your, this is part of your tournament now. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's something I could I could I could get behind. I, I need I need something like that for these guys to be able to show a little bit of their their personality. You know, it, it's it's getting too cookie cutter out there for me with all the sponsorships that are available and all the money that's out there. Guys don't want to show who they actually are, and that's what I want to see more of. And I I think too with uh, social media and the the outlets that there are they don't have to show who they are they kind of control what they they can show and what they can't show and you know the golf channel pretty much has you know, everything locked down that's all all under there and uh i think it'll uh, it allows them to kind of hide and to put out who they are 
Um, you know, they don't they don't go on some show that they don't control everything because they can easily do their own YouTube, their own uh, Instagram, and they can put out whatever you know they want you to believe they are. Yeah, well, no, it's so true, and in in some ways, that's great for some of these guys that do have a personality and and kind of don't really care what the media perception of them is. Um, but in other ways, it's it's made these guys even more bland because they don't have to speak to reporters. They don't have to do media because they can just do it themselves. And then, you know, they've got somebody controlling their social media account that they, you know, that they throw out there, um, which, you know, it's it's uh, it's the way things are nowadays. So, you, you know, you either take it um, or leave it. Simple as that. Uh, any other thoughts on the tournament coming up at Kapalua? Not, I'm, I'm pretty excited to, to see the changes in the course. That's the big thing for me. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how it plays out. Um, courses are getting longer and they're hitting the ball further. So let's see what, what they, they did to this. Because, like you said earlier, uh, Corn Crenshaw course is, is pretty good. And not too many people can complain. And if they do complain, it's just because they like to complain. So <laughs> I'm excited to see what, what happens out here this weekend. Yeah, I'm definitely very, very interested uh, in the same thing. Really, really interested to see how the green complexes are going to look because, you know, it's, it's granted it's a, it's a great growing environment, right? I mean, Hawaii is year-round, 12 months a year growing cycle. Um, but with only a year under their belt, uh, I'm interested to see how mature – the greens are and and if everything grew back properly and and just uh how the course actually plays it's going to be interesting looking back at the 2020 iteration of this course in five or six years when the course actually grows into itself that's what i'm kind of looking forward to seeing out there it's like watching your kid grow up yeah (laughs) yeah exactly exactly Um, all right, well, let's let's get out of here on this. Let's go. I don't want to do resolutions. I hate that. But uh, what are you looking forward to most in 2020 in the game of golf? Uh, is that for me personally or just the game itself? It could be anything you want. It's your podcast, man. Anything you want. You know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting out and playing with some more people that I've met on on social media. I talk to so many people on a regular basis, and, uh, you know, we have all these grand plans of meeting up. And I think that that just growing my network of uh, friends and people that I'd like to get out and play some golf with, um, enjoy the golf that's out there. Um, and then as far as, you know, family wise, um, I'm excited for my daughter to start, uh, getting involved in a few more tournaments and kind of being the, the walking dad that just gets to follow along and stay kind of back out of the way and let her grow and watch and see what she does. So there's a nice little group of kids that she plays with. And I think that's pretty exciting for me and, you know, uh, I want to grow my game, but I'm also here to to watch her game grow and uh, her to enjoy the, the, the friendships that she's making and kind of growing the game in that way. I don't like to use the term grow the game and uh, in that sense, but I do like it to uh, become enjoyable for people and not so serious. 
Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that either because I think people throw that out there but they never do anything for it. But I, I like your phrase of enjoy the game. And that's what I'm most looking forward to this year is just every time I get out there, just shut kind of everything off and just kind of really zone in with the people that I'm there with, just kind of vibe with the people that I'm playing with and, and kind of take everything in. And not that I haven't done that in the past, but I'm just going to be kind of hyper-focused on that every time I, I get out to play. And then, uh, you know, there's a few new courses I want to play this year, and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the podcast gets us to some cool places. And, you know, part of the fun is just seeing what comes out of it. You know, if, if you would have asked me, and I mean, hell, we haven't even been doing this a year yet, but if you would have asked me at the start of, um, you know, the podcast, you know, and, and named off the people that we've had on it or the people I got to meet or the people I've played with, I would have said, you're crazy. Like, there's not even enough time of the year to do that. Um, but it happened and it's real and it's going to keep on growing. And, uh, you know, obviously we can't thank listeners that's you people out there enough for supporting it can't thank our sponsors McEwen golf and boston um scott golf enough for everything that they've done with us and uh all the guests we've had on the pod and obviously the leave the pin family tyler the creator dan uh you scott myself uh shaping up to be a great 2020 my man i agree i agree the the connections that this game has brought is is more than i can even fathom in this short amount of time like i said i've picked up the clubs three years ago and i can i can safely say i could go to virtually every state and there's probably somebody within that state that i've connected with on social media and they would want to meet up and play and you know what i i can't ask for anything more than that Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of the uh, the embodiment of the game, you know. It's really just a social construct, and we go out there and we we hit a ball around with sticks. But it's really about the people that you get to play with and the people that you get to meet. It is, it is, and I didn't. I that was one. That's one of the the eye opening things that have really happened to me is that I didn't I didn't know it was so social. I saw it as a guy out there playing the game with, you know, a caddy or, you know, by himself. And since I've been out, it's so much more about the, the people you meet and having a good time together for four or five hours. Well, hopefully it's not going to take five hours for a round. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take into account your bar time and, you know, having a lunch and stopping at the halfway house and, you know, turning turning the you know couple hours of your day into you know really a, a big social gathering, and you know to to go out and play with you know what was foursomes. Now it, I've played in eight sums and ten sums, and we all hit the ball. We all keep up pace, and it's just yeah, it's just a a, a great game of friends and. You know, the, the acquaintances you meet that become friends. And, yeah, it, it's, been a, it's been a great journey. And to, to think it's only just the beginning, it, it, yeah, I, I'm excited. Awesome. Well, we're going to leave you with that, people, because that kind of sums up our year and, and what we're looking forward to the future. So either get busy golfing 
or get busy dying.